0: Hello, and welcome to Better Construction with Sean McStay, the podcast where we discuss design and construction techniques, products, and details that lead to a better built environment. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Better Construction this week i am thrilled to have with me jeff ward jeff is the director of new business and customer experience did i get that right yep absolutely uh, durabilt windows uh he's been involved in business and in the construction industry for a long time so jeff welcome to the show
1: yeah thank you sean great to be here great to see you again as well been a while
0: yeah, it has. It has yeah. it's, uh, a nice thing about right now. I get to reconnect with people we haven't seen for, for a while. Yep. Um, maybe for people who are tuning in, who don't know you like I do, uh, do a short intro.
1: Yeah, so I'm a I'm a Winnipegger. You might see behind me my picture of Manitoba behind me. But uh, I started uh, with a window company in 1987 as an order desk person, and figured I got to have a job. What the heck, right? Uh, so I ended up spending about uh, 22 years with uh, Wilmar and Gelwin, uh, and all of the, uh, very different roles, but journey towards uh, sales and also marketing. Uh, after 23 years, stint at Gel, when I spent four years at Low and Windows, that's where you and myself, Sean, connected. Uh, and then now I've been the last seven years at Durabilt Windows and Doors. So uh, all I know uh, is Windows and Doors. I, my, 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 my tagline is I'm the original Window Wise guy. I've uh, been very much involved in product training. I'm a product geek. Uh, but really what I've evolved to, I think, over business is being a little more of a business geek. Uh, you know, it's great to be able to have great features and benefits in your products. But guess what? It's all about how you interact with that customer in regards to how you get the business done.
0: Yeah, 100% yeah. agree. I think that's yeah. uh, super crucial and definitely something I want to dive into. Um, yeah. One thing I typically start at, though, just because I find it really interesting, is how did you get started in sales? Like you said, you started at the order desk, which <laughs> is the traditional spot for uh, sales reps to, to begin their careers. But what made you yeah. jump in there?
1: So I'm a frustrated architect. I didn't have the schooling to get my architect degree. So I figured out my father was in sales his whole life. And he always had friends coming over to the house and seeing all these affable salespeople. I thought this must be a pretty easy job. So could I say I'm a born-again salesman? person or born salesperson, I would say probably yes. Uh, but I've already taken my skill. Uh, or my trade is sort of a uh, learn as you go. I've always been thirsty on getting information from other salespeople and, and just improving my skill at all times. And then really after that, I evolved also in a bit of a leadership, uh, understanding how you lead lead other salespeople. So uh, yeah, I have a PhD. It happens to be in windows and doors and sales. So not bad.
0: <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Yeah.
1: So maybe we'll jump
0: in with that first. Uh, I guess a really broad question to start, and we'll let you uh, pontificate on it a little bit. Uh, what makes a good salesperson?
1: Oh, you know, the, uh, I jokingly tell people it's the old adage of having two ears and one mouth and being a great listener. So, and then I jokingly say, for the month that you talk, Jeff, you must be a really good listener. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's funny when people actually see me with sell people, they don't really, they, don't, they actually are a little amazed that, wow, I'm surprised you actually end up asking more questions and being quiet. I think that's really the key for a salesperson. I mean, you've, you have to intuitively know your sales process. And the first step is you have to be an investigative reporter. Uh, and what best, but the, what the best reporters do is ask great, crisp, crisp, clear questions, uh, and just sit back. And once in a while, Sean, I have to pause and not say a thing. That's hard for me, yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, yeah. So I think once you get that, and then after that, it's really about uh, to me. Sales is all about having great character, yeah. and it is the again the old adage of I'm a Dale Carnegie uh, graduate in multiple courses, and it really is doing what you say you're going to do having proper follow follow through and follow up, being generous and gracious with people and you know, just being that kind of person that I, I tend to look at all our my, all my cell people, I say, you want to be that person's window guy. You know, and when they when they're calling you, when they think of you just when they're thinking of windows, then you've done your job, right?
0: Yeah. That makes yeah. sense to me. Um, that leads to a tricky question for a lot of people in sales is how do you determine, so now you know what you want in a salesperson, when you're interviewing someone, when you're looking for a salesperson to hire, how do you know if they're going to be good other than asking them to you know, sell you a pen?
1: Yeah, great. Yeah, I remember having that done too many early on in my career and I went, oh, thank goodness, I took a good sales training course. <laughs> so I could sell them a pen, but uh... You know, I hate to say it. Some of it is just a bit of a crapshoot. But what I, I look for, I look more just for the character side of the person. You know, are they going to have the uh, determination and stick to to that allows them to stay in front of a customer and not get frustrated quickly? Uh, so, it's you know, I, I do look for sales process. If a person can't take me through a sales process in about about a minute and a half and they start rambling, you realize, okay, they don't really have a process set up. But really, uh, it's to me, it's about understanding this person's character, and uh, you know, they have to, they have the ability. Because in sales, if if we only got nothing but yeses, everyone would be a salesperson, right? Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and there's a, I would say in my career, I've had uh, unfortunately more salespeople who who weren't high performers than I've had who are who are high performers. So yeah, it's it's really critical on the front end is just to get a good feel for that person whether they have the character and want it, and want to stay at it. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: And another topic that's often brought up in in sales discussion is kind of this idea of uh, the generation gap between kind of people that are younger. Maybe some people say millennials, although that's a very broad age bracket. Um, coming yeah. into coming into the field, how do you see the differences there over the course of your career?
1: Yeah, I mean it's funny. I just I ran into an old sales rep I used to deal with at at Wilmar, and we started talking about the you know the good old days, right? Uh, And there just seemed to be a different type of a. You had a passion. You had to. You grew. You you became very passionate very quickly. If you didn't, you weren't going to be successful. And you also have to had to rely on people to bring you along. I and I use the term in business. If you don't have a champion. Who, who is your champion? At, who, who it could be someone you report to, someone who's bringing you along. It's pretty lonely in business. Uh, so back in the day, you didn't have, you couldn't go online and you know investigate. You had to basically go around and make friends and, and learn the business. What I find is that I, I, are younger, and I, I hate to be the old guy. All oh, those darn millennials, but uh, they, they they tend to want to sort of feed themselves, go online, and don't really seem to get the passion uh, quick enough. Mm-hmm. and they you know they almost look at you and go well you know where's my training program and where's my well in today's world yeah we'll give you a training program but it'll be like a fire hose you won't understand half of it you know where is your determination to self-learn and uh you know that's what i feel today even the best reps even old reps like myself because i still consider myself a salesperson i'm thirsty for knowledge and boy i i jokingly say guys when i was younger sales rep if i had the internet I'd have been, I would have crushed it right? because yeah. all the information and, you know, remember, you know, you know, when you go to most sales calls, Sean, the first little bit you had to do in the past was interview and find out who the person was. Yeah. In, in today's environment, if you go to that call and you start asking questions like that, the guy's going you like, you don't you don't know that much about me. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, again, I think what I'm just finding is I just don't find them, you know, uh, the passion and do they want to stick at this position in your company for a long-term, or is it just, I'll make some money here. And you gotta remember too, in our business, it's very much B2B. So the best business to business salespeople are the ones that stick it out the longest and the ones that build those tight relationships. Because then they, you get the annuity, I call it, of being around. You know, if, if you're gonna attract a bunch of new customers uh, and they're gonna uh, uh, not buy off of you in three years and you leave, well, you, you got you, you got no annuity at all. That one, so. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's a it's it's a great point, and I think that it's a big challenge for a lot of people getting into the sales uh, game. Is kind of that building up your experience. You know, you know, not expecting a promotion right away, not expecting a title. You know, you have to really put in the time. To uh, hone your craft, because a lot of people yep. come into sales, they might have, you know, an associate's degree in business or maybe accounting or something like that. Or they've gone to university for something, but there, there's very little people that come into sales with any sales training at all. And and yep. I think that that's, uh, you know, kind of the understanding that they have to learn on the job is an important, important realization for sure
1: yeah be uh, i say you know, be uh, very determined to get answers but continue to be patient look for perspective as well with different people i mean if you're just getting fed by one person only is a good chance you're only 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 hearing what they might think is important so yeah i would say uh, just and find some mentors that's the other uh, big one i tell young people find find a mentor uh, I'm only I've only turned out the way I've turned out because of some great people in my career that have mentored me along and championed me along as well. So I, I'm enjoying my present uh, position because I, I call myself I'm sort of the grandfather of the company. I go in and get everyone really super excited, and then I leave. <laughs> <laughs> i let the grandkids I let, I let the the fathers and mothers scoop up all the business right so, yeah let's give them give them a bunch of candy and then go back home and you're done yeah yeah people always say great jeff yeah whenever you show up uh you know the fallout after that is i get to pick up I say, yeah well you know at least you got some fallout to pick up <laughs>
0: That is true. That is true. Yeah, and I, I completely agree on the mentorship. I mean, I know when I started in sales um, on the order desk at a door company, actually, for Linden Door, um, it was, uh, there was a, a sales rep who eventually became the sales manager there. Uh, named Andrew McGregor that kind of took me under his wing and took me to my first trade show. And we went eventually went on my first business trip and, you know, all these yeah. things that uh, at the time were so exciting. Um, you know, I had no idea what to do. And so being really humble and kind of understanding that, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I don't know what to do. And having this person to lean on, I think is pretty crucial. Um, yeah. What advice would you have for younger sales reps on finding somebody like that if, like you said, maybe it's not the person they report to?
1: Yeah, so really, it's about being uh, open to want to find that person and being a little humble. I would say that we're raising people today to have a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, I might have been one of the few people who at a young age who was a pretty confident guy, I wasn't cocky, but cocky's almost the norm nowadays, so it's almost like, no, you know what, Set back a little bit bring some humility into your life and say, you know, I guess what? I don't know at all. I can't be the VP at 25. Uh, And then I would think uh, I was lucky because when I was younger, there were some older guys who just weren't really kind to young people. Mm. But when you find that one person who was kind to you, you realize like, you know, we had a guy like Steve Shesby at at jell Steve was the kind of guy that unfortunately passed away just recently, but uh, Mm. he was the kind of guy that every time you had a communication with him, He he turned it into a coaching and teaching moment. He just didn't give you an answer and then say you figure it out or just, you know, or brush you off. And this guy was an important guy in this large company, uh, but he just saw the value in it. So that's what I do today. I tend to when I when people are calling for advice, I I sort of take it as an opportunity to to give some people some extra time. You know, uh, ask some good questions, understand why they're asking this and make sure they walk away that they've learned something. They haven't just sort of gotten an answer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I had uh, I took a new rep on, on, the, on the sales run up to Fort St. John, B.C. Oh, my goodness. You could imagine. So, you know, I'm a very early riser because all the old guys are. Uh, but I said, let's meet in the lobby at 7 a.m. 7.05 comes he's not there. 7.10 comes texting the guy. Where are you? Oh, geez, I slept in. I was up late. I went for a run and blood. (laughs) So, so of course, he came down and I, for the next month at every sales meeting, every opportunity I had, I told the story about poor young Gary sleeping in on his boss, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, the other advice I give to people who are mentoring young people is get them up early. Don't let them have a cup of coffee in the breakfast bar at eight in the morning. That's not when you get up, right? Yeah. yeah. There's There's work to be done. Yeah, no, I really enjoy younger people. I just, uh, I, I also learn from them as well because technology is so huge right now in business that if you are going to be at my age and uh, and to say I'm, I'm past technology, it ain't going to help. So, you know, they're very good at uh, telling you how to do something and then quickly grabbing your phone and just doing it for you. So yeah. <laughs> I always say, get away. No, tell me, show me how to do yeah. it.
0: <laughs> show you how to do it so you actually remember it, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So
0: another transition that happens often in a salesperson's career uh, is when they go from being, say, a frontline producer to being a manager. Um, And this is a big challenge because not every good salesperson is going to be a good manager Um, for people who are kind of either themselves in that position or for someone who's looking at maybe promoting someone. What kind of advice do you have on what to look for in a person to be both a salesperson, but also move into that management role?
1: Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, the person has to have this, have the ability to think. He, he needs to be a bigger thinker at all times. I would say the, the highest performing salespeople are the ones who just think about themselves to a point. I'm not saying it's it's a, it's a bad thing, but it's they're thinking about their their income and closing their business and their numbers and they're driven to to get performance results. I think the person who looks at the bigger picture, sort of the why are we doing this, right? Uh, and then look for more information. That tends to be the candidate you look at for being a a, a, a sales manager. And I have to say, in my career in sales, I wasn't a high, high producer in regards mm-hmm. to sales. I was very accurate and I was very – people you know really enjoyed dealing with me. It wasn't like as if I was going out to crush it, right? But I realized early on, I just – I spent a lot of my energy helping other sales reps as well. So you have to have that uh, – a bit of a uh, servitude mentality if you want to get into. And if you aren't big into serving a bunch of people and being patient, uh, jumping from sales, uh, being a salesperson to a sales manager won't be a great transition.
0: Yeah, I completely yeah. agree with that. I think that service mindset. I mean, for myself, I'm kind of in a similar p- uh thought pattern as you have um you know i was a good salesperson i i I, you know occasionally won award most of the time didn't win the award every year but i i i you know had good output um but management is definitely more my forte and more what i'm looking for um and i think that you know i always tell my guys my team that you know if we don't hit our numbers or if there's a problem that's my fault Um, But if we have a lot of success, that's your guys's job. That's your guys's responsibility and your success to celebrate. Um, And I think having that mindset is really crucial to being uh, a manager. Are good
1: yeah, 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 good. And a good leader really shines the spotlight on other people and customers and tries to take as little in as possible. And uh, let's face it, if you're good at what you do, you tend to get enough gratitude anyhow and slaps on the back, but always deflect it and, you know, make sure your people know that they're the ones that are doing the job for you, you know. Uh, again, it's been a little difficult this year as we start leading people very much remotely, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's uh, it's really about, to, I think Zoom has certainly helped to see that person's facial expressions, make sure you really feel like they're, you know, they, they, they're they catching on. Uh, and then also not sort of in the, over the last year having the reps back down because they think, well, it's COVID and does the customer really want to see me and, you know, blah, blah. No, after that first month of sort of what the heck's going to happen here, we were in full steam ahead of, of new business development and and uh, customer growth because we knew if we didn't get uh, new customers, we weren't going to we weren't going to grow as a business, right? Because our existing customers were going to be down. So,
0: hundred percent, yeah. I yeah. mean, we were in a similar boat. You know, April rolled around and we're like, okay, like let's try every tool out there. Let's see what's going to work. Let's uh, you know how how can we reach out to these customers? You know, dealing with architects and builders. There you know architects were hard enough to get a hold of as is when they all stayed in one office now that yeah. they're at home or somewhere else um, you know you really have to try these different things. Um, and that's, that's kind of a good segue into the next section that I want to talk about, which is kind of marketing in 2020 or into 2021. Um, what, what do you think are some good ways to find leads as we continue through this kind of more remote transition?
1: Yeah, I, 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 I just say I just transitioned out of marketing, but uh, I've been saying for the last couple of years that there's no other thing as marketing. The only thing is that is now pertinent is digital marketing. Like there's no, you know, marketing's not that big, but there was a time when we did traditional things. And really it is all today. Marketing is about getting networks and being involved with a lot of the social media platforms. You broaden out. Uh, And I would say as a salesperson, if you don't have a good, lively page that you're posting things and getting known, you really aren't, you know, you you aren't paying yourself back. Uh, so leads are generated by two ways. I think they're generated by a company who who, who consumes uh, uh, space on social platforms and LinkedIn because again, being very heavy B two B, that's sort of where we want to keep putting stuff out. But it's actually, I think, is equally important for uh, the person to say, "I'm going to have a brand. I'm going to be someone." Right? It's not just a my company. I'm not going to hide behind my company. I'm going to go, "No, I'm I'm the best guy at my company," and this is why. So it's about. I hate to say it's a bit about self promotion. But I also caution guys that make sure you're you're shining the light on the customer or the event that happened, not on yourself, right? So Because, yep. yeah, it's just a way, again, a bit of more of that humility thing I tend to walk into a lot as well. But, uh, yeah, so to me, you know, leads uh, boy, I tell these old stories, but I remember first time I went into Thunder Bay as a salesperson. And the first thing I did was just pull over and uh, go to this phone booth to look at the Yellow Pages. And I went to the I went to the business construction, right? And three of the pages were, were ripped out, but you know, someone else got there first. <laughs> that, that was the way you got leads, right? Yeah. I and mean, then you, you went to your first guy and you asked him, hey, do you know anyone in town who needs windows? Right? But today, I mean, if you're good and savvy at searching uh, today, you can get great leads and you can understand the coordinates within that company, who are the influencers. And that's the other big thing, you know. In the back in the day, you used to have sometimes the buyer would hold you off from meeting or knowing the other people in the company, not now. Now you can do a lot of things where you can start to be known, uh, uh in that, in that digital space where a person, even though they're not making a decision, might be, a, uh, you know, executive at one of the companies, they realize, oh, this guy I seem to see him a lot and he's with Durabilt. I know my person's working with Durabilt. Then that's how it starts to move. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it's, and particularly this year, Sean, cause you know, most customers are saying no to face-to-face meetings now. Yeah. So yeah, it's I don't know how you're feeling, but when I have a when I have a phone meeting with someone, it's very odd.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean that- yeah.
0: It's 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 definitely a bit of a different reality. And I think in a lot of ways, it's accelerated uh, a change, obviously, that was already happening, Um, you know, social media marketing and creating a strong brand as a salesperson, I think is is critical now and that that brand is the thing that you carry with you, you know, either to further positions at your current company or to other companies potentially in the future. Um with that uh, you know in mind talking about lead generation obviously in the old days um when we could <laughs> shake hands uh you know one big lead generation point was trade shows um and trade shows are obviously trying all sorts of different things now to remain Yeah are they open. ever Um what what's your feeling on trade shows right now do you like the digital
1: ones do you think they're coming back Yeah I like I I've I've um uh... I still like the personal one because, yeah, let's face it, I think when you go face to face with someone, you can shine. Uh, The digital trade shows, uh, they've happened a lot this year. I think we've learned some things through it, but I think what needs to happen in digital trade shows is have a little more of a uh, more face to face interaction. I'm finding it's almost like you put stuff up there, someone sees it, they might send you a a chat, and it's not really like as if it's almost like they're peering in at you and you don't know it. Whereas you know, when you're at a trade show and a guy is at your booth and he's stopped and he's looking in, you know, that's your that's your action point to walk up and say, hey, how are you enjoying the day? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or if, if you don't really get that out of the digital shows, I think we still need some learning to do in this one. And we've been involved with some large ones through the castle and home hardwares. And I would say that, you know, they're they're getting better. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but the Western Retail Lumberman Association trade show in, in January is going to be a bunch of virtual booths. Oh, OK. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So it's now it becomes a, I'm still digging in deep saying, so, you know, I want to make sure that when I I can see a guy when they're coming in or a person when they're coming into our booth, how do I do that? Right. You've worked trade shows and the worst, worst reps who work trade shows, the ones who are looking at their phone. Right. Yeah. And they're not looking out of the, like, frankly, I get more interaction in the hallways around my booth than I do in my booth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, people have their defenses up when they're walking past the booth, you know, they don't make eye contact, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see oh, if it's no. interesting, but without
1: noticing. Yeah. So it's a little hard to get, I, I'm finding it a little hard to get noticed. Right. Yeah. And we're in, you know, very heavy growth mode as a company and we're taking on some larger brands and we're certainly getting recognized, but uh, you know, that's the first step in sales is you have to, you got to get noticed somehow. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. I think the digital trade shows for us this year have been interesting. Some of them have been, you know, have led to some good conversations, others, uh, where the organizers have really been kind of just like, we're, we're here to present this trade show, rather than creating those interaction opportunities. Um, yeah. I think that the trade show organizers have uh, definitely, like you said, some learning to continue doing.
1: Well, I thought that, you know, I gave a, a tip saying, why don't you have a five minute speed date? Where you, you know, if you're going to enter the trade show, you need to go to every booth and you have to have five minutes with someone at the company, yeah. right? And it just might just to sit there and tell the guy, I'd never buy a few ever again, or I'd never buy a few. So it might be that, it might be a short five yeah. minutes, but, you know, it's almost like he just say it, but it's like a dating, you know, thing. Where, you know? Yeah, yeah. In some ways,
0: it really is. Yeah
1: yeah so i mean uh, as i get
0: towards the end of these podcast episodes i always ask two questions uh yeah. the first one's kind of a fun question because you get a magic wand for it um, <laughs> but if you had a magic wand and you could remove any one misconception
1: about sales uh, what would it be for you uh, that was an easy one uh and again because i carry myself as such a lovable fun guy but Good salespeople are actually way smarter than you think. <laughs> and it tends to be the, oh, he's in sales. He couldn't do anything else. So that's what he to do, right? Yeah. No, I think uh, it's it becomes if you it's anytime we've had interaction with a great salesperson, uh, it's because they know their craft so well that you walked away feeling so good about it because the way you're handled. The bad salespeople are the ones that ask you the canned questions, and the, and you can almost see it you know, popping in. Like, and, of course, when I buy things, I'm always evaluating salespeople. Yeah. And I, I openly tell a person, man, you you led me through a really good uh, uh, process. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, for the, and I hate to say it, for some of the guys who don't, I sit there, and at the end I go, you know, you, you could really improve on things. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. think the first misconception is we're not all dumb. We're actually it's a lot of really smart salespeople.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, the final question I always ask is a personal interest question for me. Um, I read and collect a lot of books. And so for you, uh, if you were to recommend a book right now, personal or professional, which one would it be? Uh,
1: their most recent read, and I'm not a big reader, but the most recent read I had was all about how the how the change toward uh, the Internet uh, and social media has moved from so rapidly from 2007 2007 to uh, now here it was a long one of those long reads my wife said i can't believe you're reading that so what i tend to do sean is i'm a just a voracious internet reader uh you know what gets me excited is when i see something that is five minutes and i can read and yeah. then if i like i like it then i go search into other things so i want to do say that you you did get me on still uh, uh stoism oh okay <laughs> i started reading sean and i went you know, I'm a bit of a stoic. I tend to get over things pretty quick and move on, right? Yeah. So, of course, my sons are both educated. And They go, "Dad, that's the worst thing you ever want to be is a stoic," uh, <laughs> because because they just they put up with anything. I said, "That's yeah, funny, you know." I uh, I see everything very positive, and I saw a positive message of being that, like, yeah. like, like, get over it and move on. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'll get you there with that book, but yeah, again, it's not. The, I've I've been again pretty heavy reader, but not really books, unfortunately. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's but, lots of opportunities out there now, for sure. It's it's really changed in that one, hasn't it? Where yeah, if you're you're on your phone all day long, investigating and reading things, and uh, that's what I found. The uh, hate to hate to tell you what my screen time is sometimes on my phone because they, they they tell you once a week, right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, but it's generally very productive things. As uh, one thing I, I'm not big on is. Uh, I check on Facebook just to make sure my my siblings haven't said something about me I don't like. But other than that, <laughs> it's pretty much business, straight, straightforward. So,
0: awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, for everyone listening and watching, I'm going to go ahead and put links down below to uh, Durabell to Jeff's social media as well. Thanks. And uh, with that, Jeff, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show.
1: Hi, oh, Sean. It's a real pleasure. Great seeing you again. Stay stay safe, buddy.
0: All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to this week's episode of Better Construction. I really appreciate you taking the time to do so. If you have any questions for myself or the guest, you feel free to reach out on social media or on the website at uh, www.betterconstructionmedia.com. And with that, we'll talk again next time.